but um, we can beat we can beat that feeling by searching deep to find reasons to to be glad to be thankful for things that God has done. Amen. Uh, last Sunday we we talked about prayer and the drive to come and stay at the feet of Jesus and, and to remain there unencumbered and troubled and pulled by the demands of this life and just keep trusting God who works in his own way. I know many of, many of us here are waiting upon the Lord to answer our prayers and to help us. You just keep doing that. Amen. And it, it may take long. You know, David has to give testimony about your father. My, my father gave, gave his life to the Lord a couple of years ago. He was 81. And he lived his entire life almost so bitter, so distant from church. But now he is catching up. He, he's so excited. He, he regrets the years he, he missed. He's a prayer warrior. He's, oh, I tell you, he's what Christ can do. Who can reverse it? Sometimes we, we, we don't give up praying. Amen? We keep praying. Um, this, this morning, I, I want to speak from my heart and just pour my heart to, to the men in our generation, to the fathers. Some of you are here in this building this morning, and, and some are people in our lives. Some of them, we left them at home, maybe our own kids. Uh, the Lord burdens my heart uh, for, for the man, for we the man. <laughs> Amen. So this, this morning I want, I want to uh, share a message that, I, that the Lord has pressed upon my heart. And I'm actually recording this message for my son. I want him to be able to, to go back to this, to, to reflect on this message coming from his father, maybe 20 years from now. My heart for him and for, uh, for, my, for Elias and for all other children God has given me. Amen. You know, one of the greatest joy in life is to become a father. Amen. It's a privilege and honor is to become a father. So shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for your word. I pray that you will give me the utterance. I'm not a, a good speaker, uh, but may your message come forth. And bless us by the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Fatherhood can be interpreted in three different contexts. You can be a biological father to the children that God gives to you. Or you can be a spiritual father to the people God brings to your life. 
You don't have to be a pastor to be a spiritual father. Or you can adopt the millions of children in the world who need a home and you can become a father. And, uh, so those are three different contexts. You know, all of which brings to you the satisfaction, the deep peace that you have become responsible for a, a, a young person who, who look to you. I remember when I when my son was born, Ethan was born, and the first time I, I held him and, and, and looked at his beautiful face and, and such an extraordinary peace just flooded my heart and, and I felt joyful. But at the same time, I felt the deep sense of responsibility that now I have become a father to this little person who is entirely dependent on me and the mother. And, um, and that was overwhelming. It also scared me a little bit. <laughs> it scared me, that's the truth. You know, I knew that now my son, and of course other children that God would give to us, now we have Elizabeth and Elias, these little persons would begin to look to us will begin to look to me as their daddy. And, uh, you know, to provide them with the guidance they need, the protection they need, to steer that family ship of life where they're nurtured, to create an environment that they can get a good nurturing, you know. And as a father, my life changed from that point forever. It keeps changing. <laughs> Amen. And now my prayer is that I don't want to fail my children. I don't want to fail them. I want to be there for them. I don't want to add to the statistics of broken families and absent fatherhood and, and all that we see in our world today. And some of us are victims uh, to that. I was a victim to that as well. But I've resolved that I will, by the help of God, do something differently. You know, as fathers, God expects us, God expects us to, to show some, some element of good to give our, Jesus said, to give our children bread when they ask for bread, not stones. To give them fish 
And while Jesus was making the references, if you, the wicked people of this generation, know what good gifts to give to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you? So already is that God expects me to provide for my children. And you know, the revelation I find here is that I'm not going to just provide the bread that perishes to my children. I'm going to commend them to the word of God, to the word of life, to give them the, the gospel that is capable of preserving them and guiding them in this dark world. That's one thing that Paul said when his time had, had come to be killed for Christ. He said, now I commend you to the word of God. What, what is the best gift I can leave for my children? If it is not just that one thing, the word of God. So, for the fathers who have been redeemed, we're going to leave our children with the word. And we're going to, instead of giving them fish, we're going to even take it farther. We're going to teach them how to catch fish. We have that responsibility to train our children, to give them the tools that they need. You can ride a wheel and bequeath wealth to your children, but if you've not trained them on how to be creative on their own, this wealth will disappear in a matter of a few years. That is very key. So, the fundamental question I want us to ponder on this morning as men is that how can we make that lasting impact in the lives of our children. And I'm going to take you through four points that the Lord has given me. Do I have? All right, I got it. Thank you. And I got the sides. Oh, I got to turn it on first. All right. Yes. Let's clap for Christy. She's she's our <laughs> she's our 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 tech person. <laughs> uh, yes. So, walking. The number one thing that I know as a father I cannot run away from or sugarcoat it or try to evade it is sacrifice. It is sacrifice. It does not feel good all the time. Most of the time it is sacrifice that you make 
as a father. The mothers, as I, as I refer, as a refer, <laughs> reference to fathers, you just fill the gap. You know, when, when a father does one thing, a mother has done it twice. <laughs> or maybe more. Okay? I want to speak to the fathers in this house, or the f- potential fathers. Some of you, God is going to give you children, even biological children. He's going to give you spiritual children as well. So, don't wave it off, okay? This comes right to you. And, and, and maybe you're saying, I've been a father a long time. I'm done. I've raised kids. Maybe it's about to begin all over again for you. Amen. God is going to bring you joy by bringing to your life wonderful children. <laughs> Amen. Because he does that. So what do we sacrifice as men? We sacrifice everything. Sacrifice our time to just be there. Our desires, our comfort, and yes, our very lives at at times for our children. You know, the reason why many families are torn apart today because the fathers are not doing a very good job. They're not doing their job expected of them. They have left it all to the women. Women now shoulder all these heavy weights. I'm not saying all the fathers do that. You know. They're not willing because they're not willing to make sacrifices. Because it's it takes away from them. Now let's, uh, for, for example, if, if your marriage should work, that's going to be a sacrifice to you as a man. You have to make a sacrifice to, for, you, for, your, for your marriage, for your family to stay together. Look at all the marriages that, that have failed. At some point, somebody ran away from commitment. Because it required sacrificing something. Because sacrifice requires us denying ourselves the cravings of our lives. And these cravings often pull us away from our precious families. We wander thoughtlessly, find ourselves in extramarital relationships, maybe running after wealth to accumulate more wealth to the point that we, the men, have no time for our children. So sacrifice is going to require you to deny yourselves some of these uh, good-looking things of the world. When we treasure and pursue money at the expense of our families, we risk leaving our families behind. You know, and our children to be raised by the television and internet. Because we're gone. 
looking for, 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 for vanity. In the end, we look back and say, now, what, what do we have? What have we invested our time and our lives all these years? Nothing. And it's gone because it goes away. It rots and, and, and they're eaten by the moss. As fathers, we got to be there because we are the prophets and the watchmen of our families. Amen. You know, nothing in this world matters more than leading a simple and quiet, God-fearing family life. Simple, quiet, God-fearing family life. And to just be there knowing that we have these responsibilities as the redeemed men. We have the responsibility to be spiritual leaders. That's going to be in my next point. But the next thing I want us to look, about, look, look, uh, look at is the ability to extend the unconditional grace, love, and forgiveness. Show me a great father. I'll show you one who loves unconditionally. Show me a great father. I'll show you the one who forgives his children. That's the hero. That's the father we're talking about. With a big heart. In the book of Luke, let's read the scripture. Amen? Let's read Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. I'll go right quick. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Of 14. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. Do you still see what I'm reading? Very good. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still 
long way off. His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. It was a father who was waiting, was longing and praying God one day would bring his son back home. The, father, the son decided to go back and tell his father, I have wronged you. I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. But before he even said that, the father was always watching, always waiting, and saw him from afar and ran and ran and ran. Sometimes, maybe we should meet people in the middle. Maybe we should not wait until they have beaten themselves and fell on their knees and cried, forgive me, I'm the worst. Maybe we only just have to meet them in the middle. As they have shown the effort, we also move towards them and meet them. How powerful can that be? How powerful can that be? No. Jesus came to this world to restore broken relationships. First of all, the world sinful world to the Father, but also the relationship between people and families. Amen? That's the next thing I want us to talk about. Amen? I want to be a leader of my children. And so, should every man in this house? Amen? Because, because that's what we're called to do. But, you know, one unique thing is that you cannot be a spiritual leader, leader if you have not experienced the transformation of Christ. You cannot teach them how to read the Bible if you don't read that Bible. It's not possible. You cannot teach them how to pray if you don't know how to pray or if you don't pray. Amen? Our spiritual leadership must be consistent with the way we live. You know, our children watch us and they're impacted by what we do, not by what we say. They see it. They know it. And there's no beating around it. Even our spouses, they watch us. Our wives watch us. I'll tell you a story. The story was told of uh, a pastor 
after preaching a powerful sermon one, one morning, he felt the Lord moving his heart to pray for women who, who have husbands who are unbelievers. You know, we have women whose husbands have now given their lives to Christ. So the pastor wanted to pray for that category of women, and he called them forward. And, and the women walked, and, and his wife also walked forward. Amen. When the wife walked and lined up, I called the women who uh, wanted to clarify with the wife. The wife said, yeah, I know. I know. I understand you. Because back home, the wife sees him as an unbeliever. But here is a powerful pastor preaching the gospel. Back home, he's not born again. You know what I mean? What I'm talking about? Yes. So we have to leave this out. Leave it out. And not change the rules all the time. We stick to the rules. We have this responsibility of discipleship, which is not done by might or by power, but the Spirit of the Lord. You know, The wise man Proverbs said, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. We do the training. We sow the seed of the truth in them. And that seed will grow. Amen. That seed will germinate. They may wonder, but they will never forget what you taught them about Jesus. They will never forget. One day, like the prodigal son, they'll come back to their what? Their senses. And run back home. If you're long gone, maybe you're, you're gone, they'll run back home to their heavenly father, whom you taught them about. So maybe some of these things, you may not see it in your lifetime. But you did your job, you planted the seed. Amen? I want us to talk about one father here. He was a priest. In Israel. Amen? Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. Nor the customs of the priest with the people. Or uh, people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servants would come. Now let me pause there. These, these sons of Eli were, were priests. And they had their servants 
Okay? So, I'm going to repeat that, uh, that verse from 13. The custom of the priest with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servants would come. While the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust it into the pan and kettle or kettle or uh, cauldron or pot. All that the folk uh, brought up, the priest would take for himself. That was not a tradition of priesthood. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servants would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. Now, Eli was very old. He kept hearing all that his sons, well, let's keep to 22. He kept hearing all that his sons were doing to, to all Israel. And how they lay with women who were serving at the entrance of the tent of the meeting. And he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. The sons of Eli. Somehow, they had become priests themselves and took over from their father. The Bible says they did not know the Lord. That beats my mind. Who put them in that position? Amen? To whom were they accountable? So Eli came to that point in his lifetime when, when he looked at him, looked at his sons, and, and he, there was nothing he could do. There was nothing he could do. And so when the prophet of the Lord brought uh, the prophecy about the Lord's plan to destroy his household, he did not even intercede. He said, let the Lord do what he wants to do. He is the Lord. So there was also a chance of intercession and praying for his family, but he did not even pray for his family. And uh, both sons were killed. If you read that entire story, were killed on the same day. See, 
the part that I'm interested in is that these sons of Eli did not know the Lord. They were worthless men, and they did not know the Lord. No one taught them about the Lord. And they slept with women in the place of sacrifice. Today it would be the church here. What are we doing? So, as fathers, we have a, a huge responsibility to, to train our kids, to teach them, to know the Lord. Amen. See, the world today will try to, to even uh, suppress you or condition you on how you should raise your children or what you should tell them or should not tell them. That is how the enemy wants to destroy our future. The evil prophets of Saturn, long ago, they said, in years to come, there will be no religion. There will no, be no Bible. There will be no... So they're working on that very aggressively. In some countries, churches are being closed. Because no one wants to hear about the Lord. Because the enemy of God is working. But we are not working. They infiltrate our government, they infiltrate our families. And we are just sitting there, we're not doing what we need to be doing. Men, husbands who are here. We have to take this very seriously. Because if we don't, we're going to lose our children. And tomorrow we wonder what has happened to them. Little things have been added into coming into the... We've, we're not good watchmen. So, the... You know, in this body, we have the soul, we have the spirit, and then we have the flesh. They did not feed the spirit. See, when you don't feed the spirit, it, it grows weaker. And you just feed the, the flesh, the mind, and God knows what it is that you feed your soul, and you, I mean, your, your body or your, your mind with. Then your flesh is going to be stronger. Your flesh is going to grow and in a very wrong direction. And then soon, your spirit is going to be so feeble, weak, and dead. We have people who are spiritually dead today. They need a reawakening. Amen. In our families, we need reawakening. But before we even go there, we need to watch very well, what are we feeding our children? 
My kids, I have a TV in my house, which hasn't been there for very long, and uh, it will disappear again soon. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just pack it and put it in the box. That's what I do. Or sell it. But uh, I, we bought TV the other day just for one reason. Wait, maybe I don't need to tell you here. For one reason. But after that is done, it's going to be hidden. But here it is. It can even stay there. It can either stay there or not stay there. What matters is me. Amen. I am the watchman there. And my wife, of course. My kids don't watch any programming not approved by either me or their mother. As simple as that. If it's okay with mommy and daddy, then you watch it. That's about content. But about the time and quality, we also agree on. Say, it is over now, no more TV time. And that is it. As long as you are under my roof, you play by the rules. <laughs> Amen. There is devotion every night, well, most of the nights. We have to read the Bible. Even if they become 17 or 16, as long as you're in my house, you play by that rule. Amen? But as a spiritual leader, I'm going to pray to the Holy Ghost that he will deposit interest in my children. The unction, the desire for the kingdom of God. That they will love Jesus whether I tell them to love him or not. That is my goal, which I'm trying. And I've, I ask the Lord every day that I will daily commit to that. Amen. To play my part. The fourth thing that a father does, he bestows blessings and he leaves blessings behind. For his children. Amen. I pray for you, David, that before your father dies. He will bless you. That he will call you. Come home, my child. Come now. I want to see you. Come now. <laughs> Amen. Except you have to take a few hours to get down there, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you'll be ready. You just pick your bag and run. Because we as fathers, we must bless our children. I felt so terrific when my father, a few years ago, laid hands on me and blessed me. He 
said, I bless you, my child. May God open your future. He blessed me. And that felt real. Whether even, even fathers who don't know the Lord, they still have the blessing for their children. So as the redeemed of the Lord, we want to bless our children and not curse them. You know, the fathers of old in the Bible stories used to gather their children around them and bless them. Jacob blessed his 12 children, boys. Isaac blessed his two sons, <laughs> although it was a little political. <laughs> but we know that the story of Esau and Jacob indicates how serious and important a father's blessing is. You know, and you want to do this when, before you're blind, you know, so you're not tricked. <laughs> yes, before you're tricked. <laughs> but you also want to bless all your children, not uh, just be selective and bless. Although in the tradition of Israel then, it used to be the firstborn to take the blessings. Amen. <laughs> We gotta pass, pass, pass that on. Pass it to the next next generation. Pass the blessings. It's important, you know. It's important, but also important that we must keep in mind that only God can bless. True blessings come flow from the Lord, and so we can only bless our children in meaningful ways. When we relate to God. When we are worshippers of God. When we are custodians of God's words and His truth. That's when we can bless our children. The blessings also begin of come in form of the words we speak. Amen? The words we speak. Those words either will anger your children. Let's read. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and in the instruction of the Lord. Speaking the words of life and hope in our children. Nurturing them. Bringing them it's like a wellspring that builds them up. But words can also destroy them and pro pro provoke them to anger. You know, like if your father says, go away and never come back. You can only come back if you have the Lord in your heart. But that's a very powerful word. It shouldn't come from your father. We learn to control the way we relate to our children, the way we speak to them. Amen? That's another verse. Lest they become discouraged. 
our children can become discouraged. And they can give up on us. Do you know that? Yes. They give up on us. And they, we lose them. They're gone. But I want to be able to touch my children in such a way that when they have gone away from me to live their lives, they want to run back. Amen? They want to find every opportunity to run back to be with me, even just for a day. Or to be with their mother. Because I don't want to discourage them. I don't want to disconnect our relationship. When we're good fathers, we point our children to the goodness of the Heavenly Father. It becomes easier for them to relate with the Heavenly Father when they've heard a healthy relationship with their earthly fathers. Amen? When they want to know about forgiveness, they would have seen it in us. They, if, if we tell them about the love of the Father, they know how that feels. But a lot of kids, kids, because they're not old today, they never had good experience. They never connected with their fathers. They, they never got any good nurturing their earthly fathers. So, so people struggle to relate with the heavenly father. They struggle. They think of God. They have images of God. You know, he's this angry judge who, who will condemn. <laughs> you know, people have images. You ask people what they think of God, they will tell you. But if you do your research well, that connects to how they're related with their earthly fathers. What do you, do you really think our Heavenly Father is? Read a Bible to show us. The father in the prodigal of, in, in the story, <laughs> parable of the prodigal son, says it all. Amen? About who our Heavenly Father is. Always giving second chances and paying us not uh, as we deserve. As our Heavenly Father. Amen. When we come to Him, He will wash us clean and put a new robe, garment of praise. Amen. And a new engagement ring. You know, that we have reconnected with him. As it's eloquently described in that parable. And he will throw us a party. You know, God throws you a party. A feast. 
The Bible says he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> Amen. That's what he does. And I, I used to think about that and I'm like, I am here feasting and my enemies are watching. No, God is blessing you. And there are people who, who just want you, you, you to go down. You know, they just want your downfall. They're waiting. When is he going to go down? When is his family going to break up? When is his business going to break down? When is he going to die? The people like that all around us. But as they wait, they keep seeing the Lord blessing us, blessing us, blessing us. We're still standing. <laughs> Amen. We've got to keep standing because the Lord is on our side. Amen. My prayer this morning is that our families will begin to experience the, restore, the restoration power of the cross. Amen. Restoring everything that the enemy has been eating apart. Restoring the relationship that has been falling apart. That the power of Christ will bring us back to life again. Amen. That our children who have run away, they will begin to run back. Because he gave his word to John, he said he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their sons. Amen. And you just got to believe that. And I tell you, these guys here will tell you that if you have a child who loves the Lord, how that feels. How does that feel for you guys? You have a son, I know him. He loves the Lord. That feels feels good. That the Lord has blessed you. Yeah. And every day you keep praying that the Lord keep him growing that way. You gotta hold him on prayer, hold him on the grace of God, that he will not depart. Amen. Let's stand and pray together. We're gonna sing a song a hymn together and then we will See, it comes to that point when we have to surrender and abandon to the Lord and trust Him to do these things for us. Trusting Him every step of the way. That the little things we do, the seeds that we drop, the forgiveness we extend, the grace, the love that we give to other people will multiply. Sing this as a prayer. You can close your eyes, you can kneel, you can do whatever, but I want us to make these verses a deep prayer welling from within our hearts. Amen.
Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust in His presence.
We surrender to your grace. We surrender to your power. We surrender to your word, to your lordship. We surrender to your guidance. Lord, we surrender our families. We surrender our children, our parents, our fathers before you today, Lord, our brothers, our uncles. Lord, we commit these men before thee. Many of them who are lost, that you will bring them home. Many who have given up their responsibilities of fatherhood, that you will make them come back to the senses. Lord, many that are locked up and chained by the powers of evil, that you'll break their chains and release them, Lord, from their cages and release them to the presence of God to take their spiritual priestly duty. In the name of Jesus, Lord, may your Holy Spirit move in the men, move in us in the fathers, God, that they will be revived. Lord, restore relationships that are part between children and their fathers, that they will see honor again in their fathers, that they will see dignity again in their fathers, that they will respect their fathers one more time because of you, Lord, because of your work in them. I give you praise, Lord. Bless our day and bless our week and watch over us, Jehovah God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name. We surrender all to God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't feel like leaving his presence. It's so sweet, so beautiful. Just take a moment and just be there in his presence. That's all right. Maybe you just want to tell him again, Lord, there's this burden I've been carrying. Today I just want to surrender it. I want you to sing that line again, a verse again. Lord, this burden I surrender to you today. My life I surrender to you. My pain, my sickness, I surrender it to you, Lord. I may be laden, but you tell, you, you tell me, come to me, O ye that are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. children, my family. Mm. Lord, we ask you to touch Fred now in the name of Jesus. 
David's father. As we stand here in your presence, Lord, we send our heart before thee. And we send prayer. Lord, extend your hand of grace to him. Because your hand is not too short. And you can touch him right where he is right now, Lord. And minister to him by the power of your Holy Spirit. And let him feel that God has visited him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And so our many fathers here, Lord, represented in our thoughts, in our hearts. And we just lift them to you. Some are husbands, Lord. That your mighty hand will touch them. And change them. Yes, Lord, only you can change the heart of man. And only you can hook them and turn them around. So we ask you, Lord, in this mood of your presence, that you will grant this desire and the cry of our hearts for the men, for the husbands. Lord, look at this nation. Look at our churches, Lord. Look at the families. Where are the men? Many of them, their heads have been decapitated. They no longer have spiritual authority and leadership. But I pray that you will do something, Lord. We cannot be effective. We cannot be good fathers without you. We cannot lead without you. Help us to take our rightful place and support the overladen women. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. And we could go on, go on, on and on, crying and pouring our hearts to you. But Lord, your word tells us that you will do much more abundantly above all we can ask you, think or even imagine. So we trust you, Father God. In Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. 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 Lord bless you. Keep praying this week.